Every day, my husband comes home and informs me of the latest conspiracy theory that he's heard around the water cooler at work about how the government is collapsing or the political parties are behind any number of heinous crimes. And of course, that the Constitution is hanging by a thread. Coronavirus was created to get us all chipped through vaccines. And the powers that be are scheduled to shut down all businesses that they don't agree with through a manipulation of social media and the world's banking structure. This was all just from last week. So when I attended a lecture this past week by Jeannie Thomas Banks, a professor of folklore at Utah State University, and she provided me a tool for honing in on your legend, rumor, and conspiracy theory detectors, I thought I'd get her on the show so the general public could use this acronym that she calls SLAP. S-L-A-P, to determine the likelihood that the rumor is true or false. Stay tuned for some very helpful talk about legends, rumors, and conspiracy theories during a time where we have more of these than we can begin to process. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee. And I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. Jeannie Banks-Thomas is a folklorist and a fellow of the American Folklore Society. She is the author or co-author of several books, including Putting the Supernatural in Its Place, Haunting Experiences, Naked Barbies, Warrior Joes, and Other Forms of Visible Gender, and Fearless Chickens, Laughing Women, and Serious Stories. In fact, two of these books have won international prizes. She is the co-director of USU's Digital Folklore Project, which names the hashtag digital trend of the year. And she is an award-winning teacher. Additionally, her scholarly work has appeared in the Journal of American Folklore, Western Folklore, Journal of Folklore Research, Midwestern Folklore, and Contemporary Legend, among other journals. She's a professor at Utah State University, and I'm excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Jeannie, to the Love Your Story podcast. It's a real pleasure to be here, Lori. Thank you. Yes. First, let's cover some foundational stuff. Why is a folklorist such a good person to address this topic of conspiracy theories, legends, and rumors? So folklorists often study narratives and stories that get told and retold, traditional stories. So we get used to looking at these stories and reading research about them and looking at them over, in the case of my career, decades now. And I specifically focus on legends. So I know a lot about legends, rumors, and conspiracy theories. They're all related to each other. So what made you decide at this point in your research to currently start looking at conspiracy theory? Well, they're very closely related to legends. And like you, um, I was getting so many different ones and hearing so many different ones. And I thought, you know, folklorists, particularly legend scholars, because we look at these and we have identified the patterns in our research over the years, we can spot a legend, rumor, or conspiracy theory 
that's based in truth, that's likely to be based in truth or likely to not be, we can spot those fairly rapidly. I mean, it just becomes kind of second nature. And so I thought, what can I do to help people just do that in their everyday life? How can I make that more visible? You know, something that you could do just when you hear those stories, just to kind of, it's kind of like a gut check with metrics, a way to figure out, okay, I'm this prob- I probably don't need to worry about this one. This is a super exciting tool to have because, you know, for people who study and are in the know of a particular topic, something might automatically trigger or make sense to them, like you would automatically know. But for just the general public who doesn't study and look at that type of thing all the time, and we hear and are just bombarded with all kinds of stories, and some of them seem very plausible, you know, some of them kind of make sense right out of the gate, or they build on each other, and there's a lot of fear that potentially stands behind them. And so to share a tool that helps us all, the common people, to sort through this stuff is a wonderful thing to bring to us. And when you shared your, or when you started your presentation, you shared an example of kind of getting fooled by one of them. Yeah. Um, Will you share that story? You bet. So this was at the very beginning of the pandemic when we were all first quarantining. And I got a text from my son that said, uh, he, and he said, well, I got this from my friend and his dad is a paramedic in Salt Lake City and we've been friends with them forever. So I got this text and it said, the army's gonna come in, the National Guard's gonna come in, all first responders are gonna come in, they're gonna force everything to be shut down and basically martial law is gonna be instituted. And um, I didn't even read the entire text. I read about a sentence and I immediately forwarded it to my sister. You know, it was late at night, I was tired. I just thought, oh, he's a first responder. Interesting information, little scary. I'll forward it to my sister, you know, to scare her too, right? I just, as you're tired, you're stressed, didn't have enough information about COVID. Um, one of the things that when you, you find out when you study these things is there are reasons that these stories are believed or believable. And um, I didn't have enough information. It was also dealing with very real things that were happening. Just legends tend to make them more dramatic. So I send the text to my sister and a few minutes later, she kind of goes, uh, Jeannie, this is a legend. I Googled it. <laughs> I was like, oh. So I basically did a face palm. I slapped myself a little bit for, for sending that out. And I told that story because no one wants to be gullible, uh, which is why you should be thoughtful about these. But it would be a rare person who hasn't been taken in by one of them because they often get at our real cultural fears and concerns. And that was an incredibly stressful time. And so I wanted to show people, hey, it's okay if you kind of go, yeah, but just be thoughtful about it. And here's a way to easily check it. And then you can do, if you want to, deeper research dives, but you can kind of get a, a gut check feeling on it if you just if you just run it through a few tests. And that's where the acronym came from, SLAP, because you slap your forehead of, oh, I should have thought through that better, right? Yeah. Yeah. You want to slap some sense into yourself and you want to, you know, you want to slap the stories and not your your friends and family when they tell you one and you're just rolling your eyes because you know it's not true. So you want to analyze the stories. Well, and one of the things that I think we want to point out here is you got that email from a trusted source that appeared to be coming from a 
you know, he's a first responder. He's somebody that should legitimately have knowledge in that area. And I think so often, one thing I've learned in studying folklore is when somebody says, no, my sister had this experience where she heard from her friend, you know, and you're like, oh, well, that, that must be true. But you, you come to realize that just like any of the, you know, that telephone game you played when you were little, that messages get distorted. And what somebody thinks is a firsthand experience really is a third or fourth hand experience. And then the more people to get told, the more that it changes. So even if it feels, I mean, always consider source for validity, but tell me why your, your first responder son got sucked into it. That's a good question. And, you know, why did the, he got it from his dad. So the first responder got sucked into it, which I think is understandable because this is completely uncharted territory. People are debating what's the role of the government in this huge amount of debate about that. And he's a first responder and he always has to be on alert for the orders to come down. So somebody that he trusted sent it to him and it's the telephone game. It's exactly what you're talking about. Now, the real stuff there is we were all in this new situation without enough information and a lot of anxiety. So there's a a cultural reality often in these things or cultural ideas that get portrayed. And I like to look at those too. I mean, that's what I spend a lot of time writing about when I study these. So tell me about SLAP then. This is the tool that you've created. Uh, it's an acronym for four basic tests, which are simply yes or no answers. Um, I'll let you take it from there. How, okay. how, do we, how do we detect whether a legend or rumor is true? Basically, you just ask yourself four questions and you pay attention to the story and you say, is the story trying to scare or shock me? That's the first one. That's the S. L is for logistics. Does the story present really complicated or unusual logistics? A is for A-list, and that is, does the story involve famous people, products, or events? Um, And P is for prejudice test. Does the story evince prejudice against a group of people or a person? Okay, let's go back to the top. Let's start with S and give us an example of each one. Okay, so the one I just told you, the COVID martial law legend was an example of the scare test. If I had thought for five minutes, I would have thought, oh, this story is scary and it's trying to scare people. So that would be my first, my legend detector should immediately start going off then. And I would be like, I need to research this a little bit further and look into into it. And if I had read the whole text, there were other things in the text that gave it away uh, that it was a legend. It had some false things in there, but I didn't. And I think a lot of us do that because legends often push us to do something. There's, There's an imperative this is scary, do something. They don't often tell you, these kinds of legends don't often tell you exactly what to do. So, you know, some people forward it, like I did to my sister. Some people panic by groceries, for example, when they hear stories like this. So we're all responding to that do something imperative. And what I want people to do is when they feel that, to stop and slow down and to really think about it, to recognize that that's going on. Is there a website or a place to go where you can check the validity of these things? Yeah, there are some. There are lots of good um, fact checker websites, and one of my favorite ones is leadstories.com, 
factchecker.org is another one. I like lead stories. One of its tagline is trending doesn't mean it's true, which I think is a good thing to remember. Even though it's everywhere, that doesn't mean it's true. So their primary goal then, those people that are running those sites, is to sort through, I mean, what do they do to, to prove whether something's erroneous or not? They track it down. I mean, this is this is where um, a lot of them are journalists, and this is where I'm really grateful for their work. They go out and they do the interviews. They call up the people involved, and they just track it down, track it down, track it down. So a lot of times, I don't have to do that work because the journalists have gotten there before I have. That's a great resource. Thanks for sharing those sites. Okay, yeah. what's an example of logistics? So L. The one of the examples that I gave is um, flying into the Denver airport. As you drive out, you may see a giant blue horse sculpture with neon red eyes. And its, it's real name is Mustang, but people there, there are all these legends about it, at, that it's cursed. And um, its name is Blucifer, the demonic horse. And the legend that I heard was that um, Blucifer had killed its owner and that um, part of it had fallen on him and killed him. And that's the basic story. That's the basic story. And I thought about that and I thought, okay, I can't prove the demonic part and the cursed part because that's a supernatural element. Um, it makes the story more dramatic and kind of more fun, but I can't really prove it. But, you know, this was a large, basically a large construction project. If, it, if part of it fell on somebody, could it kill them? Well, yeah. So I was like, hmm, this one could be true. And sure enough, it was actually based in truth. Part of the horse did fall on the sculptor and kill him. And so the legend kind of remembers that whole dramatic story. And the, the horse is uh, weird looking. So you can see, you know, it's got those, those kind of creepy red eyes. So you can see why people tell the stories because it's unusual. And we tend to mark unusual things with narratives. Thank you. Um, what about P? for prejudice. P for prejudice, this is an interesting and kind of a difficult one, but let's go, let's stick, let's stay at the Denver airport one. A lot of legends, unfortunately, carry bias, prejudice, and even hate. And so at the Denver airport, you've got um, stories about the new world order. Uh, supposedly the, the Denver airport is involved with the New World Order and there are these secret tunnels uh, where groups like the Freemasons, the Illuminati, you name them, um, lizard people, uh, folks associated with the New World Order hang out. What's, what's going on with that? Well, if you trace those stories down, some of them are pretty old and they have anti-Semitic motifs where Jews are behind the New World Order and they're trying to control the world. Okay. Whenever you hear a group is a got a secret plan and they've been a, a group that's been discriminated against historically, your legend detector should just be screaming at you to look into this because these are just narrative elements that get repeated over and over again and they're not based in, in any truth. So that's an example of that one. Okay, aren't there ever times where like I, plenty of the legend or we'll say conspiracy theories, things that I hear that are going on are kind of scary to me. You know, I think it well, if that's true, that's horrifying. <laughs> and so aren't there spaces where the things that we're hearing could absolutely be true, even though they are scary? 
yeah, and that's that's why they're scary is because there's that plausibility. Let me pick up on the um, A-list test, the A in SLAP, to talk about that a little bit. Famous people, things, events show up in these stories. So Bill Gates, another one that's going around right now is Bill Gates is going to put microchips in vaccines because he wants to track you with 5G cell towers. I bet this one has gone around the water cooler too, right? Um, so you've got that famous person in there, which we all know Bill Gates. So that makes it more believable. I can tell you that that one's false, okay? You know, there's, there's, you can see the scare tactic in there, microchips in us all, oh no. You know, you can also see the logistics test. So one guy is gonna get all these people, and I don't know if you know any scientists, but they argue a lot because that's their job. You know, they're, they're rigorously questioning things. So I'm just like, hurting scientists is worse than hurting cats on roller skates. How is Bill Gates doing this, right? So logistically, there's a problem. And then you've got that famous person. So all those things are going off. And in fact, it's not true. But guess what? We can microchip. I mean, we microchip our pets. That's, and you could ostensibly microchip humans. That's a little creepy. It's actually illegal in many states to do that. Um, we're also in new frontiers in vaccine research. There's vaccine, there's anti-vaccine feelings, there's vaccine discomfort. So all that newness, there's also concern about new technologies like 5G cell towers. So all those really human concerns get wrapped up and kind of sensationalized in a story that's, um, it's extra, it's exaggerated, but it captures those very real fears. And that's why they're believable because there are some things that we're concerned about in there. So when we go for the scare tactic, the, the point is, does it scare me? Doesn't mean it's true or false. It just means if it does scare me, it's worth lurking into. So let's exactly. do tracking. Okay. Exactly. And I totally skipped A, didn't I? I went SLP. It's okay. It's okay. I got A in I got there. Back the A. I got back the A. Okay. So S is for scare. L is for logistics. How complicated is it that this, you know, to pull off whatever this is? A is for the A list. Does it involve someone um, famous that, you know, of course the rumor mill loves to speak about? And P is for prejudice. Is there a group of people or a person for which they're, this is building prejudice about? Correct? Right. Okay. Is there any specific, we'll say coronavirus rumor, legend, or conspiracy theory or governmental current events, governmental with the changing of the presidencies and, you know, the financial institutions being taken over any of those that you're currently aware of that you have studied and could give us any feedback on? Well, I would say the ones that are most concerning to me are all the QAnon ones right now. Um, because, those immediately as a folklorist, I'm like, oh, these are these are recycled anti-Semitic legends. And like like some of the motifs, the narrative elements are are just almost word for word repeated from the 19th century. And they were used um, prior to World War II to gin up anti-Jewish sentiment, same legends. Being so which used ones today? The um, QAnon stories. So they posit like New World Order variations. They also, and um, people eating babies, a group we don't like is, is murdering babies and eating them or using their blood. Those are also recycled satanic legends from the 80s and 90s. And one of the things that I see as I study all these legends is 
when you have a big outcropping of this, it means that the culture is undergoing stresses. Sometimes it's economic, sometimes it's political, sometimes it's, it's health. Uh, for example, the Salem witch trials, they were basically telling supernatural legends. Well, they'd had a big smallpox outbreak. They were fighting with the native inhabitants of the region and they were fighting with the crowd. They were having political instability. If you, I knew when we went into COVID that we were, the legends were just gonna go off the charts because look at all the st cultural stresses we're dealing with. We're dealing with this pandemic, which we haven't seen anything like this in a hundred years. So most of us have no prior memory of anything like this. And we're dealing with political unrest. So there's, there's all that tension and that often gets expressed in legends. Okay, so I'm not familiar with this conspiracy theory that you're even talking about. Can you, you on? tell me what it is? Yeah, so it started, um, it's basically, it started a few years ago. There's a, there was a poster um, on a message board and he said he was, a, he basically said, I'm Q, I've got this secret government clearance and he gives out these coded messages and people get really into it uh, because it's like, breaking the code and they think maybe they're helping children, uh, but it really took caught fire when he said, um, when Wikipedia leaked Hillary Clinton's messages, he said, those are coded messages to harm children. And there was a guy from North Carolina who heard that and he got a gun and he drove up to this pizza restaurant that the Democrats were it, that uh, we're using in their emails to say, hey, let's have our aides and go grab a pizza here. And, and, and Q said that's code for child abuse. So this, and they're abusing children in the basement of this pizza restaurant in DC. So this, this man in North Carolina hears it and he grabs a gun and he goes up to this restaurant and, he, and it's full of families and kids. He fires into the restaurant several times. Fortunately, Nobody was hurt. There is no basement in this restaurant. There were no abused children. It was just one of these old legends that had simply been recycled by this source on the internet. So when some guy in a message board says it, don't believe that it's true. And um, he, the guy who did this was arrested and he served some jail time and he was contrite for it. He, he said something to the effect of, that was bad intel and I wish I'd looked into it more. Uh, but unfortunately, it's just grown and grown and grown. And um, now it's been politicized and uh, people see our former president has maybe a messiah of this and it's related to the insurrection. They, their prophecies were that, that the president would come back on the insurrection and then when he didn't, uh, that created a lot of drama within the group. So, but their their legends are just uh, recycled from these earlier time periods, generally speaking. Have you heard the one about all of the famous people? And I don't know, maybe it's true, <laughs> but that are that have a big pedophile ring and they try to cause adrenaline. They abuse the children and then get the adrenaline. Yes, that's QAnon. That's cute. Is that what it is? Yeah. So what strikes adre us is, adrenochrome or something? Have yeah. There's a and and I've seen that that element where you you take something from the child's body, that gets used again and again throughout history. So 
what strikes us as true about that um, is that it's our culture symbol of innocence and purity, a child. And that's what gets us about that, you know? So that's why you're like, oh, this is, if this is true, this is terrible. So there's that scare tactic. Now there's some logistics questions you gotta ask yourself. If that many children were disappearing, wouldn't we notice? We would, because we do care. You know, and that's one of the reasons people get sucked into this is because that story tugs at their heart. But it's rooted in a much older thing called the blood libel motif, which was um, used against Jews going back hundreds of years. And um, basically what they said is Jews wanted the blood of Christian children for their rituals, which if you know anything about Jewish um, culture, you would immediately recognize that that's not kosher but um so but jews were literally killed hundreds and thousands of jews were killed because of it and interestingly a new technology of that time spread those rumors and that was the printing press books and when better information got in books that helped quell the rumors and the murders so we're at this moment where we have this new technology relatively new technology the internet which is spreading these stories that speak to us, you know, in a kind of, oh, that's scary, or that's horrible, or I want to do something. And so that's how the stories work. Well, and so much fake news that it's hard for people to tell the difference anymore, whether it's real news, whether it's fake news. Um, even the sources are so tainted anymore that people feel like they're just constantly unmoored about what's being said. And when there's so much distrust within political parties and within cultures and within the country, the United States as a whole, it's very easy for these rumors to be perpetuated and to be believed and to be, um, you know, to go into this place of defensiveness and self-defense. Yeah, I totally agree with that. The good news is there are a lot of fact-checking sites that are politically non-biased, and the two that I gave you are. In fact, I think it's lead stories like does, does Blue Legends and Red Legends. So it's not, no one party owns legends. We're all subject to legends. And one of the things that, one of the good things I think that if you start thinking about these things, and uh, it's good for me to study them, is it helps you um, check your biases because we all have confirmation bias. You know, we're gonna look for the, the facts that support our view and the, and the guy who opposes us is gonna do the same thing. We kind of wanna get beyond that kind of, that, that just means we shout at each other. So you kind of want to be aware of your own biases and be aware that we all, these stories can suck us all in, but there are things we can do to not be gullible and to not get drawn in by them and to kind of slow down the action. You know, that poor, that poor guy who was also dangerous, but, you know, if he'd stopped and said to himself, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I think he would have gone maybe not such a good idea because you can see him in his comments. You can see that reflected in his comments afterward, but he got caught up in this dramatic narrative and was like, I've got to help the children. And unfortunately decided to do that with a gun. And maybe the first step is to go and find out if there's a basement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, people indiscriminately. Like, logistics, ask those questions logistically. How, how, um, you know, what's going on here? How hard would this be to do? How many people does it involve? You know? Well, thank you so much for providing this tool for us. Like you say, that's just, it's something we need so much right now. And I love that there's a way for us to check in with ourselves about ourselves and about what's going yeah. on around us. Thank you. Thank you. you. 
Do you have any final suggestions or thoughts for the audience just on this topic in general? Well, just remember to, um, you know, look for those tactics and um, again, analyze the stories. Um, so slap the stories and not your friends and families. Just be, just kind of, you can kind of go, oh, this is happening in this. And that's going to make me wonder about it. Slap the story. Yes. Thank you, Jeannie. <laughs> This conversation is so timely. With all the fake news and the open rumor venue of the internet, with all the dissension politically and the fear and the rumor about sickness and, excuse me, apocalyptic revving, this voice of reason is a tool to help you not get pulled into false stories, which of course the human race is famous for. So here's a tool to help you sort. Your challenge this week is to apply it to one of the rumors that you hear. I know you will hear many. Apply SLAP and see how well it works. If you are interested in signing your group up for the 21 challenges, here's a word from our sponsor that will tell you a little bit more about what we're doing. This show is brought to you by the 21 Challenges group platform. If you are a leader of a group, any type of group, book club, network marketing, employee group, a youth group, a friend group, and you're in need of a fun, fresh, positive way to connect during this disconnected time, we've got an online program that'll create fun, stretching connection and engagement with your team. Your team will get a fully immersive platform for the 21 challenges and weekly coaching with Lori Lee as we spend three weeks creating awesome possibility. Loveyourstorypodcast.com and look for the group link. We'll see you in two weeks for the next episode of the Love Your Story Podcast.